This is the new Islam Tomorrow program. You can get a rebroadcast of this and other great programs by going on the internet to www.islamtomorrow.com where you find a website open 24 hours a day and always plenty of free parking. Not a big deal here where we are today. In Las Cruces, New Mexico, you've got an entire desert out there to park in. But when I'm visiting New York, these people are willing to pay as much as $40 a day to park their car someplace. And I saw cars out here that weren't worth much more than $40. <laughs> Alhamdulillah, we're in Las Cruces, New Mexico. We're visiting with the brothers here at the masjid. We just had a beautiful Fajr prayer, the Salat, as we call it in Arabic. And we're talking a little bit about the subject of being prepared for Islam tomorrow. And one of the things is to educate ourselves in the use of the media and educate ourselves in the use of the technology that can benefit Islam and the Muslims in the future. What is the future of the Muslims tomorrow? Well, it depends a lot on what we do. Of course we know with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he already knows the outcome, but we don't. So what we have to do is begin with our attitude. Some people say intention, and I'm saying in this case that you carry it to another level, which is attitude. Because having the intention to do a good deed is great, but we need to have a good attitude about what we're doing as well. Many, many things have happened just in the last year to change how we look at ourselves and change how we look at our environment how we look at governments, how we look at the media. So it's important for us to have a good attitude, though. And I like to call it attitude of gratitude. And this is the right attitude of the Muslim. He should always be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all things. Because this is a great time to be a Muslim. This is a great time. It's a great opportunity. Many people throughout the centuries would wish that they could be here today and have a chance to do what we have a chance to do. The problem is we don't see that. We don't understand that. But there were many times, I'm sure, during the last 1400 years that some Muslims would be sitting on a hill and overlooking their village and thinking, you know, everything's so peaceful and nice and it's wonderful and I'm doing a lot of ibadah or worship to Allah but it's so easy, you know. And I wish there was something I could do big for Allah. I wish there was something that I could do, a challenge that Allah could give me something big. Because probably he heard from his teachers, from his parents, from the shayukh, the scholars of the time, about those sahabi, those companions, the people who lived and died at the time of Muhammad, peace be upon him. Maybe that boy sitting there on the hill overlooking his village said something like, Gosh, there's no place for jihad here. There's no, there's no place that I could go out and fight against evil. I wish there was. I wish I could 
pick up a sword and go fight against the tyrants and the oppressors. But we don't have that. We have peace where everything is nice. I wish that I could do something for Allah, show Allah how much I, you know, would be committed. Even if I had to give my life for Allah, I would like to do that. And now, subhanAllah, we have the opportunity to do some good things for Islam and for Allah. I'm not suggesting to go by a sword and run around the street, of course, that's stupid. But what I am saying is that we can really sacrifice with our time and our money, our efforts, and we can do some very nice things for Allah and for Islam and for the Muslims. We can begin by getting proper education. And we talk about that a lot, but before we start, it's really important to consider what is our attitude. What is our attitude? How are we looking at this whole thing? We should be happy. You don't have to be happy about each event, obviously, but be happy that Allah gave you this chance, because Allah has wisdom. He knows the best time to put you here on this earth, to give you the maximum opportunity to do your best. If you think, well, I could have done better at the time of Muhammad wasallam, well, I don't think so. Because if you could have, he would have put you there, but he didn't. If you think I could have done better at the time of Musa salam, or Jesus, peace be upon him, I don't think so. Because if you could have served Islam better then, Allah would have put you there then. Allah put you right here, right now, for a reason. This is the belief in Islam. He knows what he's doing. You don't. Just think, I need the attitude of gratitude. There's a famous hadith. And we mentioned it several times since I've been here, but I'll mention it again for the benefit of the listeners that come along later to hear what this program was about. That the Prophet wasallam he used the word ajib or ajiban. It's Amazing what's the condition of a true believer. And he's talking about the amazing condition of his attitude. He said because, it's amazing because nothing bad happens to him. And you say, what? Nothing bad happens to him. He said because when anything good comes his way, he's thankful to Allah. This is his attitude of gratitude. And then, if any difficulty, any test, any fitna comes his way, he's patient. He's steadfast. He stays with it. He doesn't give up. And he sure doesn't say, Oh, Allah, why'd you do this to me? No way. He's sabr. And this is good for him, but this is only in the case of the believer. We want to be believers. I was listening to one of our brothers this morning talking about some events that had happened and some of the things that he had done and the others in the community had done. And it was amazing. It was amazing some of the simple things that he said, but yet when you hear it and you think, yeah, that's true, that's Islam, that's a real Islam. But it's amazing these days because why? Because we don't really practice a real Islam. And it's amazing. There are people coming into Islam who are understanding it and working more in the direction of the Sahabi 1400 years ago than people born as Muslims. And this is a clear hadith of the Prophet, peace be upon him. 
when he said Islam came strange and it will return strange give the good news to the strangers so we ask Allah to make us of those people to make us of those people who look strange to everybody else because in fact it doesn't matter how the people look at you what matters is how Allah looks at you you please who? Allah so your attitude is always toward Allah not trying to please the people but to please him Amazingly enough, there's a hadith about that too. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, what translate to English? Whoever tries to please the people at the expense of displeasing Allah, then Allah will be displeased with them, and he'll make the people be displeased with them. But whoever tries to please Allah, even though it will displease the people, I'll be pleased with him and he'll make the people eventually be pleased with that person why? because Allah has the control people don't have control Allah does and if you're serving him with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul then you have accomplished what the Christian Bible tells them to do this is what their Bible tells them and it's certainly what Islam tells us at the same time. It's important for us to remember Allah in our hearts, in all the things that we do. And we need to thank Him for what we have and not criticize for what we don't have. Many times we want something and we think it's good for us, but we don't know. We really don't know. And Allah tells us in the Quran, sometimes you want something. Or actually it goes the other way. That sometimes you don't want something that's good for you. And other times you want something that's not good for you. And in this case he was particularly talking about striving in his ways. To fight against whatever evil or oppression is out there. With your energy, with your effort. And technology of course. Well, some people in governments may resort to using technology in a destructive way. We as Muslims have the responsibility to use it in a constructive way. The same laptop computer that can send off an ICBM missile can also produce a lovely children's program to educate people so they don't have to send off ICBM missiles. It's up to us as Muslims to prepare the ground. It's up to us as Muslims to prepare the place to grow the seeds. It's up to us as Muslims to work hard to make a tomorrow that's better than today. Sometimes you will look at things and say, I don't see the point. There's no way it'll work. You're sure you know it won't work. But who are you? Because amazingly enough, I've said that about things many times in my life, and still it worked out. And a lot of times we worry. We have so much worry in our heart, we don't have time to have a good attitude of gratitude. 
because we're worried. Oh, this might happen, and that might happen, and if I do this, maybe somebody will do that, and, and when I go through here, maybe somebody's going to take my thing, and they'll do so and so and so, and I'll be, oh, all the things we worried about never happened. Never happened. We were worried about it for nothing. So it destroys our attitude of gratitude. And as far as thinking that, well, it's no use. This is the end. Allah, He's going to destroy everything. There's no use. Why should I even try? One of the things when we look at what's going on in America, we as Muslims see the corruption and the evil, which is so clear in so many things. The combination of all the evils that all existing at the same time, side by side in this country, this is amazing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroyed many nations before us who only had one of the conditions, whereas we have them all. So somebody might say, what difference does it make? This is finished. Allah is going to destroy it all. I'm going to just give up. But yet the Prophet sallallahu he prepared us for everything. Just as He prepared us for the small things, He prepared us for the big things. For things that look like it's just something small for today, but yet the big things that go until the Yom Kiyama. He taught us, Sallallahu peace be upon Him, He taught us how to use the bathroom. He taught us the correct way for proper hygiene that still now being looked at as an amazing thing amongst the people in the medical field. How to wash after you clean and clean yourself after you urinate or defecate. These things were taught to us 1400 years ago as a part of our religion. And they're still superior to anything anybody has come up with since. To the extent that even the United States Navy put a ship at sea and the people in it they made sure that they washed their hands a certain way all the time they were at sea. And then when they brought them back, they compared them to another group, which they had put out there without giving them the same instructions for washing like we do for our prayer every day. And guess what they found out? These people were more healthy. They didn't have the sickness of the headaches and the problems on a daily basis that the other ones did. So after that, they issued an order that they wanted people to wash a certain way. This just happened in the last few decades. 1,400 years ago, we were taught about this. A small thing. But now let's move to the big thing. How about our attitude of thinking, well, it's too late. Everything's too late. This is going to, even at the last day. He said, peace be upon him, even if you knew that tomorrow was the last day and you wanted to plant a tree. Plant a tree. Plant a tree. This is a very positive attitude. The psychologists and psychiatrists today in the Western world would say this is supreme in thinking. That no matter how negative, no matter how downtrodden your opinion is, maybe you have cancer and they told you you're only going to live another week. Plant a tree. Plant a tree. Even if the asteroid is aimed at the earth, they made a movie about it. Did you see Armageddon and some of the other movies that they had about asteroids going to collide with the earth and blow us away? And Still, if that were the real case, what would we do? Plant the tree. 
because the Muslim always has attitude of gratitude. And we know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never let even the smallest deed go unnoticed. The tiniest, smallest good deed that you do has full reward with Allah, whether or not the seed ever sprouts. You have the reward because you had the intention. And with the right attitude, Allah accepts your intentions. I just want to mention this about this subject of what Allah accepts and remind myself of how beautiful is this mercy or rahmah of Allah. When people enter into Islam, one of the first things I like to tell them about to help them cope with what's going to happen to them is that they need to know this life is a test. And just because you came to Islam doesn't mean your test is over. No, it's just beginning. Now you know the direction. Now it's really going to be recorded what you do. Up to now, all of the mistakes you made, Allah forgave you because you didn't know. But now you have entered into the door of Islam. The Fatiha. You've come in to Islam. You've said, Ashadu ila ilaha illallah. Ashadu Muhammad Rasulullah. I bear witness none to be worshipped except Allah. And I bear witness to the prophethood and the messengership of Muhammad This is great, but you've just only entered the door. Because you didn't know before, Allah takes all of your previous sins and He forgives them and replaces them with deeds which are perfect. Acceptable deeds. Every single sin became a good deed. Imagine this. Maybe somebody had 20 or 30 good deeds and 50 million bad ones. He keeps the 20 or 30 good ones and the millions of bad ones became also good because he came to Islam. But now he knows better and it's up to him to make the correct choices because he can quickly lose all those deeds. It doesn't take long, especially some of the things that we do today. Backbiting, hurting people's feelings. But I don't want to focus on that. I want to talk about this attitude of gratitude. Look how gratitude can help us. By being appreciative to Allah, He's more appreciative of us. And one of the things that He does, and when I tell the people when they come to Islam about this, they're amazed. But look how is the good and bad deed situation in Islam. How fair and how much rahmah, how much grace Allah gives us. We're talking about a person who commits a bad deed and a person who commits a good deed. Look. This is known in Islam from the Prophet وسلم, that there are two angels. The one on the right shoulder records all of your good deeds. The one on the left shoulder is recording all of the bad deeds. But watch how it happens. If the person makes the intention, I would like to do a good deed, a full good deed is already recorded for him for his attitude because he wanted to do a good deed. A full good deed is already recorded for him. If he actually does the good deed, if he's able to fulfill what he decided to try to do, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Quran, he'll receive the reward of what? Ten full good deeds. Because whoever comes with a good deed on the day of judgment, Allah will have ten for them. Ten. So how can you complain about this? Now look at this. Suppose... Somebody wants to do a bad deed. 
He makes the intention, I'm going to do a bad thing. I'm going to go over here and I'm going to to hit some person. Maybe. That's a very bad deed to hit somebody. Will the angel on the left side record his intention? No. No. Even though the hadith of Rasul sallallahu the first one recorded in Sahih Bukhari says, that for sure all the deeds are going to be by intention. Everybody's going to have what they intended. Yes. The Prophet said that and he continued and he said that whoever makes hijrah or a journey for Allah and His Messenger will have the reward for that. But whoever makes the hijrah or journey for any worldly thing or to get married to a woman, something like this, then that's what they'll have the reward of. But yet, when it comes to doing a bad deed, just the intention by itself, there's no bad deed recorded. Already we have a merciful situation here. You were being recorded for good deeds, good deeds, good deeds, to the extent that one man passed by a village of people and they had nothing. They were starving to death. But he also had nothing and he was a traveler and he said, I wish I had provisions for these people as big as that mountain over there. I would like to give it to them. But I don't have it. And he went out about his business. Then on the day of judgment, it would be shown to him this big mountain of good deeds. He said, that's not mine. I didn't do that. And he will be told, oh yes, do you remember those people who you felt compassion for? Those people who you wished you could do something for? That was recorded for you because you had a real attitude of gratitude. You had the intention. You have it. But for the one who had the intention to do a bad deed, and he stopped himself and he said, you know, that's a bad deed. I, don't, I shouldn't do that. Allah will have the angel record for him a full good deed. Why? Because he stopped somebody from doing a bad deed. Alhamdulillah. This is amazing. And if he didn't stop himself, he would have done it, but it never happened. He didn't get to do it, but he wanted to do it. Still, it's not recorded as a bad deed. Wow. If he commits the bad deed, he wanted to do a bad deed, and he commits the bad deed, then the angel on the left prepares to write it down, and the angel on the right stops him, and he said, Wait a minute. Don't write it yet. Maybe he's going to repent. Maybe he'll make tawbah. Maybe he'll turn back to Allah and say, Allah, stop I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I wish I wouldn't have done that. Please forgive me. So after a while, the angel on the left said, he didn't say it, okay? I'm going to write it. And the angel on the right argued with him again, says, don't write it. Maybe he's going to say, stop for Allah. I'm sorry. And after a little while more, again, the same thing. And then finally, if he doesn't repent, the angel on the right will not say anything. The angel on the left will record one full bad deed. One only. Is this merciful? How much mercy do you need? And then even then, if he still comes around later and said, you know what? That was bad. I was angry and I did it and now I realize 
I shouldn't have done that. That was really bad. And the Prophet ﷺ prepared us for that too. He said, follow up a bad deed with a good deed. Follow up a bad deed with a good deed. It's amazing how much mercy Allah has. It's too amazing. I want to give you one example of some of the mercy of Allah. Why we should have so much gratitude to Allah when He gave us a deen, a way of life that's not only easy, it's so sweet you can taste the sugar in it. It's delicious when you think about Islam. Look at the condition during Ramadan one year. This is the month of fasting in Islam when we abstain from taking on any food or drink or marital relations during the daylight hours. You can't do that. During those 29 or 30 days, we don't eat, we don't drink, and we don't have sex with our wives. We don't do that. But if somebody did it, what would be the punishment? Oh, my gosh. This is one of the main pillars in Islam. If somebody breaks the fast here intentionally, whoa. If he intentionally breaks the fast, with no excuse, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said that if he even fasted for the rest of his life, he couldn't get the reward back that he lost. But he does have to make it up. Now, guess what? One of the companions of Muhammad wasallam, came to him during Ramadan one time. And he was quite upset because what had happened. He went to him and he said, you know what? Probably he's a newlywed, you know what I mean? He said, me and my wife, you know what we did? We had sex during the daylight hours. Wow. Look what the Prophet, peace be upon him, told him. He said, okay, sacrifice a, a, a sheep. Uh, first he told him, yes, he told him he was going to have to make up for it. That's how it begins. He said, you're going to have to make up for this. You will have to fast so many days to make up for it without food or drink or sex. He said, if I couldn't do it in Ramadan, how can I do it later? I wouldn't be able to do it because, I, you know, I like to be with my wife and everything. I, I, can't, I can't do that. I don't have the strength to do that. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, okay, then sacrifice an animal. Meaning to slaughter the animal, not in the sense that the, the Bible talks about slaughtering it on an altar and letting the blood go everywhere. And it's not like this. It means to sacrifice your money or your time to go get a good animal and then distribute the meat of it to the poor people. Give it to the poor people. He said, I'm poor. I don't have, I don't have an animal to sacrifice. So about that time, some people paid their charity that's due, called zakat, and had brought it up there. And, the, and Muhammad, peace be upon him, said, take one of those animals over there and you can slaughter it. Look, he gave it to him. He said, look, just take this animal and you can slaughter this animal and give it to the people. The man said, this is it. That'll atone for it? He said, yeah, that'll be all right. He said, who should I give it to? He said, go in your community and give it to the poorest family. He said, you know, in my community, we are the poorest family. He said, well, take the animal and eat it. Bismillah. Have a nice time. Look how merciful 
Because why? The man's attitude was right. His attitude wasn't wrong. It made a sin. It made some mistake. But Islam is not out here to just put you in the ground and beat you to death. Allah wants the deen to be not difficult. But you have to try. You can't start out with the attitude, I'm going to look for all the shortcuts. I want all the easiest things. No, 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 no. Try your best, but when a difficulty comes, be patient and ask Allah. Allah, make it easy for me. Allah, make it easy for my family. Allah, make it easy for my parents. Allah can do that easy. Do you think there's any difficulty in the creation? Is there some problem in the world? No, this is what you see. Allah is having no difficulty. Anytime He wants anything, how does He do it? Kun. Be. And it is. He can just do it like this. No problem. This is a test. It's a test to check our attitude. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us this attitude of gratitude. May He give us the good intention in all the things that we do and correct our intention on some of the things that are not right on me. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us and may He give us the chance to serve Him with this great attitude. Amen. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasan wa fil akhirati hasan wa kina ilam al-nau amin. Na alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen hu alladhi ja'alana muslimin. We praise Allah and we thank Him for making us as those who serve Him as Muslims. You've been listening to Today Islam, which now became IslamTomorrow.com. But we come up with a lot of names. <laughs> but alhamdulillah, every time they destroy our website, we'll come up with another one. <laughs> now we're Islam Tomorrow. We're looking forward to Islam Tomorrow everywhere, but especially here in the West because... The West needs Islam. Visit us on the internet at www.islamtomorrow.com. And we'll have a spelling lesson next week. <laughs> You've been listening to our program for Islam Tomorrow. I'm your host, Yusuf Estes, reminding all of us that to serve Allah is the number one goal of every Muslim. Until next time, Salaam Alaikum